Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor. And I'm so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is about taking action on your vision board and dreams in midlife. But first, this episode is sponsored by the Finally First Club, an online program and community for midlife women ages 50 and better. Through this program, you work with a master certified life coach. That's me. You get to work directly with me and learn how to do all kinds of cool things, including prioritize yourself in a whole new way, upgrade every part of your life, relationships, health, career, and more. Pursue your goals and dreams instead of leaving them on the back burner. You get to stop doing things that drain your energy, like checking email or Facebook a million times and maybe even saying yes when you really mean, um, I don't think so. (laughs) Figuring out how to use your time differently, creating plenty of quality time for your family and plenty of time for yourself too. And you get to regret-proof your life so that another 40 years from now, you'll truly feel like you lived a fabulous life. So if you're having a midlife crisis or a midlife funk, if you're feeling lost, purposeless, drained, depleted, feeling unclear about your goals in life, or feeling regret about all the things you haven't done yet, maybe things that aren't even on your agenda, you're worried about regret, I'm sure. The Finally First Club is for you. It's actually life-changing. It's super upbeat. It's not fuddy-duddy. It really is for women just like you. You can make this your favorite one-stop shop for all of the midlife coaching, mindfulness, and guidance that you need. The thing is that you don't have to feel stuck. You don't have to feel alone. Join us there and finally put yourself first. Get the midlife coaching support and community you've been looking for. So just, you know, stop spinning. Stop spinning in confusion, my friend. It's a big waste of time. Become a first lady instead. Way more fun to hang with like-minded women and get yourself unstuck. So head over to www.iamfinallyfirst.com and join us there. Depending on when you click, you'll either be getting on the VIP waiting list or you'll be joining. Any which way, we're waiting for you, my friend. Let's do this together. Okay, let's get on to today's topic, which is taking action on your vision board and dreams in midlife. Did you do a vision board this year? You know, the vision board topic is one of the most popular topics in my blog and podcast. It really is. Making a vision board is a lot of fun. And it's a totally useful activity because it really helps you pause and think about your goals for the year and beyond, right? Your vision board doesn't need to be for a year. It can be for any chunk of time. It kind of shakes you out of autopilot living, you know, day after day, month after month, year after year, just doing life without stopping to reflect on what you actually want, what you actually want to create going forward. Sometimes it's because your life is a chaotic blur of hecticness, or maybe you're just a people pleaser and you're just so used to putting everyone else first. The thing is that when you don't put yourself first, 
time just flies by and you don't get what you want. The time goes by so fast, sometimes it just seems like a blip. So that's why I like a vision board or really any kind of goal setting or dream identification type of activity. But my amazing women in the middle, that is only half the battle. When I teach creating a vision board, like a vision for the future type of thing, really with or without the board, I focus a lot on feelings. And if you want to learn more about that, I've done lots of episodes where you can learn about why. Episode 181, top three reason, reasons why a vision board is a great idea. Episode 132, top three vision board mistakes to avoid in 2020. And I have a really good blog uh, that's really popular, Learn the Secret to Making a Vision Board That Really Works. There's a couple of more episodes too. They'll all be listed in the show notes. So it's really, I don't know, if you listen to a couple of these, you're going to get the most out of this vision board exercise. I like to call it a fun little exercise. Um, But you do have to focus a lot on how you feel when you think about your dreams and your vision for the future. Your thoughts create your feelings. That's the thing. The way you feel fuels what you will actually do next, you know? But what about what you do? What about what you do? So let's dive into the often forgotten aspect of the goal and vision setting part of the equation, the doing, the action. I'm not one to believe that you just put your intentions out there into the universe and that is all that's required. I like a little woo like the next gal, but I don't think the law of attraction is enough in and of itself. I think you need some juicy, well-planned action. But this is where a vision board is likely to fall flat. Same with goals and also with resolutions. Here's why. We avoid the weeds. Once we get ourselves to the point where we're actually thinking forward and dreaming a little bit, that is thinking about what we want to create, Maybe you're thinking about what you don't want to regret, deciding what you want to do, what you want to learn, what you want to be intentional about. Once you do that, then you move on. Think about it. The vision board that's sitting there behind your door. Or if you took my advice, perhaps you did make it on a canvas and you can actually see it from your desk (laughs) because it's propped up or maybe it's even hung on the wall. Uh, But my point is that you're not in the weeds with the planning part of it you're still at a high level, like a bird's eye view of what you want. Now, like I said, that's fun and it's a start, but it's not enough. You have to do two big things to really move the dial forward on your next chapter. Are you ready? It's not complex, but trust me, it takes some effort. Number one, you have to plan in advance. And number two, you have to commit to your plan. Now, you may have heard me talk about these two simple steps on a couple of other podcast episodes here and there, and that's because it's so important. So how do you plan in advance, you might be wondering. You might think that the vision board or your goal-setting exercise is enough when it comes to planning. But my friend, it's not. It's not in the weeds enough. The weeds, not weed, the weeds. (laughs) It's not specific enough. It's not results-oriented enough. So when it comes to your vision board, you've likely identified a handful of priorities. And the same goes for a goals type of document. To take action, you have to get your head around the steps required to make a specific thing happen, 
not a bunch of things, but a specific thing. So already, I think you see part of the problem. I'm talking about the need to get in those weeds, get in the weeds, get specific. So that means you have to pull one priority or goal or vision at a time and dig in one at a time, even though they look so pretty on your vision board or in your planner with stickers and colored markers and all the things. So let's say you want to lose 20 pounds or exercise regularly or have a morning routine or maybe change your job or even your career this year. That is not all going to happen unless you get into the weeds on each of those goals. You got to go deep and discover what you need to think to feel a certain way, to do or not do a bunch of stuff to create that result for yourself. And this needs to be done for each thing. Like I said, losing 20 pounds will take a different plan than setting up and following a new morning routine, even though they may be related. You might be doing some food prep in the morning, for example, or drinking water or doing thought work related to your weight loss goal. Think of this kind of example as different and related. If everything in your life was so easy to change, you would be changing more things. (laughs) They would be done already, changed, done. But it's not like that. It takes ton of focus, effort, awareness, and commitment to make a change. So pick one at a time, get in the weeds, and do some proper planning. Got it? Even with your pretty vision board and beautiful planner. Okay, now that you have one priority, assign a timeline and a result to it. With the weight example, you have the result. If you want to lose 20 pounds, that's your result. Let's give it a date. Maybe you want to do uh, you want to do the weight loss, have it all done by December 31st this year. That's where you have to start. Something clear and pick when you want the result accomplished. The reason this is so important is because the next step is to identify all of the things, all of the steps that are required to do for this result to actually happen. You need to know the end goal to understand and timeline out these steps. I like to list all the steps first in no particular order, just get them all out of my head. And then I do a count back type of schedule to figure out the timeline or the order within the amount of time that you assign. So this is your calendar, your goal, your like you're taking on as much as you want, but the point is to actually put it in your calendar. Now, again, we want to stay specific and results-oriented. This is part of the planning. So if you want to lose 20 pounds in 10 months, ask yourself what are all the steps to accomplish that goal and then do a countback schedule and timeline it out in your calendar. So some of the steps for the goal might be set up a grocery schedule, do meal planning every week, set up a food protocol, a diet, or a, a food plan. Buy food staples, drink more water, do thought work every day, get enough sleep, buy a scale, take measurements, get an app or a food journal, tell a friend, buy some stackable fridge containers, get some freezer containers, whatever you need. Identify the times of the year you think it might be more difficult to stick to your plan. This kind of thing. Really think it all through. What would you have to think about each part of your day, your week, and maybe even your month 
to figure out how this is all going to happen. So you're going to be breaking everything down for real. This is what I mean about getting in the weeds. So if you're going to get an app or a food journal, when are you going to use the app or or food journal? You're going to tell a friend, how are you going to talk to your friend while you're working on losing weight? If you identify a problem time of the year, perhaps where you go to a beach house or a family cottage, in the old days when we used to travel, (laughs) not in pandemic times, Uh, But even with the pandemic, what are some things going on, maybe a special event, something on Zoom, (laughs) or something that might get in the way that you might call more difficult? So really think it all through, whether it's a part of a day, part of a week, maybe part of your month. Maybe there's a time of month where you go to the butcher or you go to Costco, whereas maybe there's something else that you do every day or once a week. I remember looking in the fridge of one of my friends. She planned out these beautiful salads that you would see in a magazine for her whole work week. So there would be five days of these beautiful salads in a jar, all stacked up, ready to go. And I was thinking, oh my God, how did you manage this? Well, she planned in advance. That's how she did it. (laughs) Now you'd have to really think about each part of your day each part of your week, and maybe your month, and then break it down. For example, when are you going to use a food journal? How are you going to remember to drink more water? When are you going to buy the groceries? When are you going to do the food prep? What does your day look like, your week look like, your month look like for you to do the steps that are required? For example, I know this sounds obvious, but if you want to do meal prep, on Monday, you might have to have your groceries by then. (laughs) So maybe you're not used to going grocery shopping on Sunday, or if you want to buy the groceries and do the meal prep on the same day, you just got to think it through. I know my husband figured out recently that the local grocery store gets fresh fish on Tuesdays. So guess what we're now having on Tuesday nights for dinner? That little anchor just helped us plan better. What's your plan for water and sleep? I love thinking about water and sleep because they're two of the things I'm really working on right now. So to have more water, do you have a water bottle that you love? What are you going to do to help yourself remember to drink the amount of water that you want to drink? What about sleep? Do you just have get another hour of sleep or get another half hour of sleep on a to-do list somewhere? And it's not happening, right? So what are you going to do to help yourself get more sleep? What are you going to freeze? What will you prepare in advance? What kind of staples and food supplies will you have in storage? Think through everything. How will you help yourself in advance? So once your steps or activities are broken down, ask yourself, what might get in the way? What are the obstacles that are likely to happen? And what will your strategies be to overcome them? Don't think of it as a problem or a weakness. Think about it as an obstacle. Something's going to come up. It might get in the way. What are you going to do? How can you think about it in advance so that it doesn't get in the way? That's all. So let's look at this one step. With the meal prep step, for example, you know that you need to buy the food before you prep the food, right? So I mentioned that. So you're going to have to think about planning your grocery list before you go to the store. And when will you go to the store to buy the groceries or have them ordered in? 
what makes sense for you and how are you going to put that together in an order that helps you stick to your plan. So when you have the plan, like I said, some stuff's going to get in the way. So what's going to get in the way? Maybe you won't have a car on the day that you need the car. Like right now, I have three 20-year-olds living with me. Sometimes the car's not available. Right now it is, but sometimes it's not. So what might get in the way? Maybe it's just a thought that you don't feel like doing it. Maybe you're too tired. Maybe somebody else says they're going to help and then they don't. Whatever it is, be honest with yourself and really think about what comes up when you try to do something like this or what might come up. And then you work on your timeline. If you give yourself 10 months to lose 20 pounds, what will that look like for you? You could lose two pounds per month for 10 months, or you could change your timeline. It's your timeline. You could lose four pounds every month for five months. You have lots of choices, but the important thing is that you make a decision and then count back. Plan according to the steps along the way for you to meet that goal. Use your calendar but really plan it out. So you're going to merge the plan, the steps with your calendar and your results, uh, your goal endpoint of results. So that's the gist of what actual planning looks like. It's way more detailed and specific than most of us want to admit. We kind of know, we kind of know, but we don't want to step up to the realization of what's actually required to make a serious change what planning really, really, really looks like for that change. It's more than just making a vision board. That's a great start. It's more than buying a beautiful planner or several. I know who you are, (laughs) but there's more. There's another part to the success formula for bringing your vision board dreams and plans to life. Do you know what it is? After you plan in advance and get in the weeds, you need to commit to your plan. Real commitment isn't for the faint of heart. Most of us are about 80% committed when we start these things. You know, when you're at a high level of identifying what you want to create in your life, high level goal setting, that is. But when you get into the weeds and you're in the moment, how committed will you be to plan a few meals in advance, cut the vegetables, prepare the salad, track your water consumption, pass on the urge to go to the drive-thru, curb the nighttime eating, pass on that ice cream, get on your Peloton, go for a walk, that sort of thing. What thoughts might come up for you instead? These would be more obstacles, but around commitment this time. Something like this, I don't feel like it, I don't wanna. This time won't matter. It's too hard. I'll catch up later. I'm too tired. That kind of thing, right? I always like to encourage my clients to think about what real commitment feels like it. I bet you can think of an example where you were so committed that there wasn't a shadow of doubt that this thing wasn't going to happen or that this thing was going to happen. So the best example I've come up with like this is a commitment you feel, you feel that feeling of commitment to follow through on a promise to your kid, especially to pick them up at the airport. Like when I think about that, there's no way, especially when they were younger. I don't know. Did you ever have a kid who was like 10 or 12 who flew somewhere (laughs) or just something like that? A, A serious commitment to somebody who you know was really counting on you. 
compare that feeling of following through with a promise like that to cooking a healthy dinner instead of ordering in, or when you're tired, or getting up when your alarm goes off so that you can make it to that early morning online exercise class instead of blowing it off, or giving yourself time to do some journaling and thought work. It's often easier to stay committed when it's to someone else and harder to stay committed when it's just a commitment to yourself. I have a friend who just shared a story like this with me uh, this week where she said she wanted to start a writing practice, but she wasn't very successful. But she knew in her heart of hearts that if she got other people involved, that would increase her commitment. So she did. She got a few other writers together online early in the morning. And what do you know? A beautiful writing practice has been started. So congratulations, my friend. But the thing that's so cute about her story, and I really smiled when I read it, is that she hesitated asking other people in on her idea because she knew it would work. So she knew what it would take to go from 80% commitment, I'm a writer. I write most of the time to I'm a writer and I have a regular writing practice. She knew, and you know too. It's often easier to stay committed when it's making a commitment to somebody else and harder to stay committed when it's just a commitment to yourself. So think about the way you would make a commitment to your boss or the way you would get to a doctor appointment on time or even make it to your favorite store, even an online sale. If there's a big sale, like a semi-annual sale or something that comes up once a year and you love this store, you're not gonna miss that sale. You're just not. It's as good as done. Not a shadow of a doubt that this commitment is happening. So there's this soap that I love. It's an amazing, beautiful soap, and I'll absolutely put it in the show notes. This um, scent, this rose scent soap comes out only for the holidays. It only comes out for the holidays. It's from T. Langen's Castile Soap. And like I said, I'll put the link, but you can bet your bottom dollar that I'm not going to miss that sale. It only comes out once a year and I know it's coming and I start to get excited about it. And every year, I don't think I buy enough of it to last me. I just love it so much. So I know I'm committed to getting that deal and to getting that product that only comes out once a year. It's as good as done. Not a shadow of doubt that this commitment is happening. You know what I mean? That's 100% commitment. I know it's happening. Just like my friend knew that if she set up this little writing group, her regular writing practice was going to happen. Just like I know that if I promised my kid I was going to pick him up at the airport, I I was going to pick him up at the airport. Like there wasn't a shadow of doubt in my mind that it was happening. That's 100% commitment. Basically, having your own back with commitments to yourself, that can be more challenging. The example I always think of here is how many moms our age finally successfully lose weight for their child's wedding, but struggled to lose it just for themselves without a special event like a kid's wedding. We've all seen that so many times, and maybe that's even happened to you. 
you know, or how you're more likely to stick with your exercise plan if you're part of a class that you've paid for, or if you decide that you have a a regular walking group, kind of like what my friend did with her writing group. Ah, yes, the elusive 100% commitment. That's where urge management and anticipation of those obstacles takes a front seat. You have to know what your urge feels like. You have to identify the mental shenanigans and drama going on in your mind and be real with the commitment that you've made to yourself. You have to allow those shenanigans. You just see them happening. You see what's going on in your mind and still connect with that commitment that you made. You need to feel that urge. You see what you're thinking. You feel the urge to blow off that commitment to yourself, but you got to do the thing you really want to do anyway. So I think that's what's different is that you need to feel the urge, but still stick to your commitment. So you don't want to like struggle with it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's not like that. It's like you're anticipating that there'll be some mental drama. You're just anticipating it because it's a habit. The urge is really just your habitual way of thinking. So you just expect it. It's kind of like you welcome it in. It's amazing how long we've practiced not having our own backs to honor our commitments to ourselves. Think about it. Way longer than you've likely practiced honoring that commitment to yourself to put yourself first, your goals, your dreams first, and know that they are as good as done, that that priority is as good as as done. It's dialed in. So there you have it. The secret to the universe, the keys to the castle. And it's not that complicated, but it's complex. You plan in advance and then you commit to that plan. You get in the weeds. You think carefully and specifically about what you want and why. You notice your thoughts. You notice your feelings. You anticipate those shenanigans, the drama, the way you talk yourself down from what you really want because you think you want something else more in the moment, the urge of the moment, because you're tired, because you don't wanna, you don't wanna stick with the plan, but you do. You close the door on drama. You start to understand what real, legit commitment to yourself looks like what it looks like to honor your word to yourself, the way you would honor it to your mom, to your kid, to your grandma, to your boss. You understand what it looks and feels like. You don't even question it. When you put yourself first and honor your dreams and your future, it can look and feel the same way. You just got to get in the weeds and have fun with it. Decide that you can do it. Embrace the idea that you can create what you want, that it's as good as done. Okay, that's it for this episode. As you know, my focus as your midlife coach is to help you waste less time spinning and feeling stuck about aging, empty nest, relationships, career, about being more compassionate toward yourself, about all of it. It's time to get excited about your life again. Remember, being the queen of your brain domain is the best way to be, and I'm here to help. This is what you'll learn when you hire me as your coach. Learning the mindfulness concepts are one thing, but when it comes to applying the concepts, 
that's when you really benefit from coaching. Make sure to join the club. We are waiting for you in the Finally First Club, your one-stop shop, your home away from home for midlife coaching, community, and connection. And you can join at www.iamfinallyfirst.com. For show notes and links, head over to www.coachwithsusie.com. And finally, to get a copy of my new book, 50 Ways to Celebrate Life After 50, check out Amazon or your favorite online bookseller or go to www.50waystocelebrate.com. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first, one thought at a time. Thanks so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week.